Since it's the hot topic right now, more discussion on who the certain player might be in the recent article by The Athletic's Jim Bowden. We'll look at three possible options on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, in yesterday's episode of Locked on Cardinals, we discussed the piece written by the Athletics' Jim Bowden. And it, it certainly got some traction, to say the least, in the St. Louis Cardinal media circles and why wouldn't it you know you, you throw out a nugget like that that doesn't say much of anything but at the same time it, it gets people thinking it gets people talking and guessing about a bunch of different players uh, around the league and how the cardinals could get their hands on them and put them on this roster now once again here's what Bowden wrote in case you missed it yesterday the cardinals filled their biggest offseason need when they signed catcher wilson Contreras. Now they are open-minded and looking for ways to improve their team. They are actively pursuing trades and keeping tabs on the free agent market. It is believed the Cardinals are working to acquire a certain player, but want to make sure more specifics don't become public because it would hurt their chances of completing a trade. They're not done making moves. And as I said yesterday, this could mean anybody, right? Um if you looked at the comment section <laughs> under yesterday's video on YouTube, you can see people are just throwing stuff out there, putting it on the wall, trying to see if something sticks. Um, but that's what this write-up does. You know, that that's kind of the point of this write-up because it's so vague that it's almost maddening, right? Because there's really no answers there, especially for baseball junkies like us. You're listening to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball podcast in January. So obviously baseball is a big deal to you. And, um, you know, it leaves us with nothing but speculation, which, which can be frustrating, right? But it also can be a little bit of fun. You know, it kind of gives you that uh, feeling that you can be like a fantasy baseball GM, you know, and you can come up with all kinds of different trades and combinations and ways that you think that you could get a certain somebody from a certain team. So it opens up that door. So let's break this down real quick. Let's try to make this as realistic as possible. All right. So we'll break it down. What do the Cardinals really need? What would they be willing to move pieces for at this point of the offseason? First thought, at least for me, would be a starting pitcher. Now, earlier on in the offseason, we knew they needed a catcher. They went out and got one. We thought they could use an extra bat. They decided that shortstop market was a little too rich, and you can see why. These guys were signing $300 million deals. They're not ready to go there. So they, they don't do anything there. Um, they haven't done anything really since signing Wilson Contreras. The pitching staff is where it's kind of a glaring weakness right now. You you feel like you can get by with this offense. Tommy Edmond is not such a drop off at shortstop that you're in trouble. Okay, 
Uh, obviously, you need Brendan Donovan to come through and have a good season again like he did this past year where he was a Rookie of the Year candidate. But um, they think they got something solid there. You've already got Arenado, Goldschmidt. You're adding Wilson Contreras. You've got a bunch of outfielders. So you think that you're going to be okay offensively there. Starting pitching, though, you're looking at a full rotation with Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, Stephen Matz, and then Dakota Hudson. Now, after the season, only Matz and Hudson are under contract. So there's some work to be done for the 2024 rotation. Sure, you could say guys like friend of the podcast, Gordon Graceffo, could be up by that possibility. Uh, you've got Connor Thomas, who just had this amazing time at the Arizona Fall League. He could be up. Zach Thompson could be a starter as well, looked good last year. But let's be realistic. That That's not how this thing is going to shake down, right? That's not how it's going to work. They're, they're going to have to sign some people. Now, John Denton from MLB.com stated in his bold predictions for the 2023 Cardinals that the team will sign Miles Michaelis and Jordan Montgomery to extensions during spring trading, which could happen. That's a realistic thing. I mean, he said bold prediction, but I mean, that kind of makes sense. You know, Michaelis is making good money now on the books for $16.75 million in its final year of his deal. But, you know, the way starting pitching prices have gone up, he'll be interested in cashing in and he genuinely seems to enjoy his time in St. Louis, right? Um, will he give the Cardinals a home team discount of sorts if they give him the years that he's looking for? I can see that. Miles Michaelis seems like that guy that, that would do that, you know, but would be willing to give up something like extra dollar bills to earn some security, especially considering the injury woes that he suffered while he's been in St. Louis and the Cardinals stuck by him and they never wane. They never try to get rid of them or ditch him or anything like that. And, and he panned out for him last year. Jordan Montgomery made $6 million last season. His price will go up as well, but he's only been with the team a short time and you know, he's had his ups and downs, but seems like a good fit because he's a sinker ball pitcher, which works with the tremendous infield defense that this team provides and will continue to provide for the next few years. He's never had a big payday yet, so the idea that he holds out for some monster deal isn't likely unless he you know, goes bonkers this year and has this outstanding career year, which I guess could happen, but the likelihood of that, not great. Looking at his stuff, you're hoping that you can get somewhere between 12 and 15 wins, right? That's what you're looking for. But even if you lock up those two, say that everything works out, you lock those two up, they want to be in St. Louis, they sign. That still leaves holes in the rotation, and they still don't have that, that go-to number one starter that we've talked about this offseason, all right? That's one thing that they're really missing. So if the Cardinals are trying to make a deal, you would think that a number one starter type of guy would be that target. Now, on the flip side, what can the Cardinals offer to get that person? Well, the Cardinals have a surplus at one position, and that would be in the outfield. So if the team was going to make a deal, you would think they'd be dealing from that group of players to make something happen. So you're trying to find another team that needs a bat, an outfield bat. They've got some interesting players to choose from in their outfield right now. You've got two-time gold glove winner Tyler O'Neill, one of my favorites. Former number one organizational prospect, Dylan Carlson. Down year last year, rookie of the year candidate the year before that. Uh, the newest hot commodity is Lars Newbar, who people fell in love with. Then there's the team's number five prospect, Alec Burleson. You've got Juan Yepes, uh, who can play the corner outfield positions, first base, third base, obviously DH. Moises Gomez. We don't know what we have in Moises Gomez in St. Louis yet. Minor league last year sets franchise record for home runs. 
I mean, what is to say he's not going to going to continue that path and be a slugger? We don't. We really don't know because he's only done it for one year. But if you look at his barrel rates and stuff, man, he was smoking the ball last year. So not surprising he hit as many home runs as he did. Will there be regression? Probably. But is he going to you know drop so far down where he's only hitting fifteen to twenty home runs? I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out. Uh, then, of course, you've got your number one prospect, Jordan Walker, who will not be traded, so you don't even have to ask about him. But he's kind of the key to this because of the fact that Jordan Walker can now play outfield, and if he's ready to go out of spring training next year, that makes all of these guys ahead of him pretty darn expendable, so you can move them. But if you pair up one or two of these those guys and then uh, say a young arm like Gordon Graceffo, McGreevy, Jerpy, Liberator, uh, you can entice some teams to listen and possibly bite on a deal. So we're going to look at three different pitchers that they might be targeting, and we'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you are looking for a delicious treat, which let's be honest, we, we've all got a little bit of a sweet tooth, don't we? But you don't want all the fat. You don't want all those calories. Then you got to try a Bilt Bar. Now, we just got through the holidays. And I know a lot of people's goal in 2023 is to eat a little healthier. With Built, healthy is actually tasty, which is perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good is, you know, they're covered, first off, 100% real chocolate. It's not, it's not this fake, you know, goop or whatever that's just, you know, on the outside of your bar. 100% real chocolate. And they come in phenomenal flavors. You've got churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They taste like a candy bar. That, that's the whole idea, but yet they maintain the amazing macros and only 130 calories. You got four grams of sugar, which is nothing, but you get a whopping 17 grams of protein. And one of the things that was unfortunate about getting a built bar was the fact that you had to wait for the delivery, right? You know, you would place your order and you're like, I want it now. We're in that society now where we want everything right now. You know, you got Amazon dropping stuff off within hours of your order. You wanted your built bars as soon as you could. So you had to sit around. You had to wait until they got there. But now you don't have to do that. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or you can go to Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Just walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream. They've got double chocolate, coconut puffs. Uh, if you're closer to Sam's Club, go there instead. Run in, grab a 13-bar box with their hip flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. They're available now. You can still order online if you want to do that. If you're more comfortable, you don't want to go to those stores, you don't have to. You can still order online. But if you need the Built Bar fix right now, there, there are options available, which is fantastic. So for more information about their new products, their flavors, and ordering information, be sure to hit up Built.com today. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's been on the show many times. Great guy. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free. It's available where you get your podcast. If you're into learning about the prospects and the future Cardinals and just the future stars of Major League Baseball, Locked on MLB Prospects is where you need to be. So now that we have our trade pieces, we're talking outfielders. We're looking for pitchers. Who could or should the Cardinals be looking at. So let's start with the name that most fans want to talk about. And I think most fans are hoping is this certain player that uh, Jim Bowden mentioned in the article, and that would be the Cleveland Guardian, Shane Bieber. All right, Bieber wins the Cy Young in the COVID year. In fact, he won the pitcher's triple crown that season, led the league in wins, strikeouts, ERA, 
fourth in voting uh, in the Cy Young in 2019, seventh in the voting last year. He finished fourth in the MVP vote in 2020. He won a gold glove last year. The dude's really good. The guy's really, really good. The question you have to ask is why, oh, why would the Guardians ever want to trade this guy if he's so good? Well, the Guardians are not a team that normally spends a lot of money. Now, currently on Spot Track, they've got them listed at $41 million on the books for 2023, which is 27th in the league. Again, arbitration stuff's going to make all of these numbers go up for a lot of teams. But as of right now, $41 million. So I, I just want to repeat that. $41 million. That's all the the Cleveland Guardians have on the books right now, which is less than guys like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are making in a season by themselves. All right. And the Mets got both of them. So it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So they've got a number of guys set to uh, make money through arbitration, as I just mentioned. So that number is going to go up. Bieber is one of those guys. He's estimated to have his, uh, his salary go up to about $11 million next year, which is peanuts considering how much good pitching costs these days. I mean, you saw what people signed for, right? Rodon, DeGrom, Verlander, they get paid nicely. But even last year, the team was 27th in payroll with just over $66 million last season. So the reason behind moving someone like Bieber would be not because of what he makes right now, but what he will command in two years when he becomes a free agent at the age of 30. The Guardians aren't punting on 2023. That's not what's happening. They signed Josh Bell. They got Mike Zanino. Uh, they've got their star, Jose Ramirez, locked up until 2029. They've got a lot of young talent who are making hardly anything that just led them to a division title in the AL Central this past year. So they don't really feel any pressure to move Bieber right now, which is why I don't think this is the guy that the Cardinals are trying to find and get. I, I, I don't think that's him. But it's someone many are speculating about, so I thought I'd address enough. If Cleveland ends up, say, they take a big step back for whatever reason, and they fall way behind, we're pulling up to June, and they're like 20 games back or something, I could see them enter entertaining trade ideas and packages for Justin Bieber then. But right now, January 6th, it seems a little bit premature. In fact, he's their ace, and they're going to want him leading them into the next season. So I don't think it's Shane Bieber. The next guy is the Marlins' Pablo Lopez. Now, we've talked about him a few times and how the Marlins have some decent young pitching lined up, so moving Lopez wouldn't exactly cripple them if they could land an impact bat, get some more prospects. Um, Lopez, the thing about Lopez, he's not really an ace per se, right? I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. He made 32 starts last year, ERA 3.75, strikeouts per nine, 8.7, which is down from the previous year. He was at 10.1 before that. but the idea of being a, a, a good fit for a trade is why this name, Pablo Lopez, makes sense for a lot of people. You know, the 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 Marlins, they've got a surplus in pitching. They could use some more hitting. They need it. They need hitting. You need pitching. Make a swap. Be done with it. It makes sense for both sides, right? Now, Lopez is someone that other teams are looking at. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, have checked in on him. So the bidding for somebody like Pablo Lopez could get expensive because he's popular, but that's the cost of doing business. You want to win, you got to pay eventually, whether it's going to be through money, through payroll, or it's going to be through using your prospects. Okay. You're going to have to use one of them. Eventually. You're not going to just be able to skate by and uh, keep all of it, but I've got, I've got another name that I just, I honestly, I, I find it intriguing. He's a bit of a dark horse. Um, 
I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him yet, which is why when I was combing through names and I was like, what about this guy? A, a very much off the radar type of deal because he threw a whopping 6.2 innings last year during the regular season. 6.2. That was it. But I kind of like him. I will tell you who he is next on Locked on Cardinals. So in Jim Bowden's article at The Athletic, he says this about a particular team, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to go through all of it, but he says this. If they're going to contend again, they'll need to add another bat or two before opening day. They still need more impact bats in their lineup, and I'll be surprised if they don't make a move or two on that front. The team he's talking about? The Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays finished 13 games back of the Yankees in the AL East. They snagged the last wildcard spot and then promptly got swept by the Guardians in their best of three series. And they did it all with Mr. Tyler Glass now throwing just six and two-thirds innings after having Tommy John surgery in 2021. If you're not familiar with who Tyler Glass now is, he was part of the deal that got Chris Archer to the Pirates. Former Pirate, they traded Austin Meadows, they traded Tyler Glass now, send him to Tampa Bay, Chris Archer goes to the Pirates, uh, he's a big dude, 6'8", 225 pounds. First full season in Tampa Bay is 2019. The guy gets off to a scorching start, okay? He goes 5-0, 1.75 ERA, throws 98-99, gets hurt in May. Is out until September. Before he returns, he finishes the year 6-1, 1.78 ERA. His whip, 0.890. 2020, COVID year, again, coming back from a, an injury year, Makes 11 starts, goes 5-1. and one. ERA, it's up a little bit, 4.08. But his strikeouts per nine in 2020, 14.3. 14.3. 2021, starts off 5-2. His ERA, 2.66. His whip, 0.932. Strikeouts per nine at 12.6. Injures his arm. Injures his arm in June. And remember, his was the story about... Blaming the fact that they took the tacky stuff away from being able to use as much on the mound or whatever. They, they got rid of it, and that made him a little more wild, and it put pressure on his arm, and it was one of those things, and you're like, eh, whatever, dude. But at the same time, sucks because he gets partial tears in the UCL and a flexor strain of his right elbow. He tries to rehab it. That doesn't work. At the end of July, they decide you got to go under the knife. Has Tommy John surgery. His season's over. 2022 rolls around, and the Rays and Glass now agree to a two-year extension worth $30.35 million. He's activated on September 28th. He ends up getting two starts. He throws six and two-thirds innings, gives up one run, four hits, strikes out 10, which is a 13.5 strikeout per nine average. He starts game two of their wildcard series against Cleveland. He throws five shutout innings, strikes out five, allows just two hits, but the Rays get no offense. They lose. Their season's over. This offseason, the Rays added more pitching. They added former Philly Zach Eflin to their rotation, signed him to a three-year, $40 million contract, which we're like, okay, that's not that big a deal, right? That's actually the biggest free agent deal in Tampa Bay Rays history. The biggest one, all right? So they spent a lot of money. Like, they went out and set a record for their franchise to bring in Zach Eflin, okay? So he would join their ace of the staff, which is Shane McClanahan, who's fantastic. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs. You've also got Glass now in their rotation, and then Zach Eflin. So you got five guys right there. 
The Rays are also one of those teams that, you know, likes to do those um, bullpen games and, you know, they're, they're constantly moving things around and whatnot. So why would the Rays want to move Tyler Glass now? What's the idea behind that? Well, this year he is set to make $5.350 million. Okay. So uh, that's not bad. But in 2024, remember, signed an extension in 2022. Glass now was set to make $25 million in 2024. 25 million. The Rays payroll in 2022 was at $90 million. In 2023, right now, it's sitting at $31 million before all, all the arbitration stuff happens. 28th in the league. We know the Rays don't like to spend a lot of money. They never have done it that way. And for one pitcher to cost $25 million on their roster, it's a very non-Rays thing to do. Wouldn't you agree? Eventually, they're going to have to pay these position players. Uh, they're going to have to pay uh, McClanahan, their ace. Wander Franco, they've got him. Uh, Randy Arozarena, I know it stings, it stings. Um and others. There, there's good players on their team right now. They got young guys on their team that are going to have to get paid eventually. And if they want to keep their payroll trim like they have in the past, moving Glass now in his $25 million deal would be something they need to look at. Wouldn't you think? I feel like that makes sense. Yes, the injury concern is real. All right. I'm not saying that it's not. But at the same time, when Tyler Glass now has been there and on the mound and throwing, been pretty dominant. Let's go back to 2019. Since 2019, his record is 16 and 4. His ERA is 2.47 and has a career strikeout per nine average of 11.3. That is everything the Cardinals are looking for. A swing and miss guy in his prime because he's going to be, he's 29 now. He's going to be 30 in August. And when I, when I started putting things together here and I was like thinking about it, one of my favorite pitchers of all time in a, in a Cardinals uniform is Chris Carpenter. I loved me some Chris Carpenter. The attitude, obviously he was very, very good when he was a Cardinal. What age do you think the Cardinals got Chris Carpenter? If you guessed 29, you would be correct. That was their last Cy Young Award winner back in 2005. Chris Carpenter all sorts of arm trouble when he was with the Toronto Blue Jays. Remember, he was constantly injured. He had injuries with the Cardinals too, but the Cardinals signed him. He started throwing for them at age 29 and turned his whole career around. Becomes a Cardinals Hall of Famer. And with a salary of this magnitude, where he's going to make $25 million 2024, and his injury history, the asking price for... Tyler Glass now, and because the Rays have depth at starting pitching, may not be as steep as we think it will. Uh, BaseballTradeValues.com has Glass now worth 31.6. So a number of different combinations would work to make a deal. Uh, Dylan Carlson is worth 49.9 on, on that website. So he's worth a lot. So if you're not going to move him, Tyler O'Neill, 26.1. So O'Neill and a prospect. Could get you glass now. Lars Newbard, they've got him at 32.8. 32.8. So a straight swap right there would even out. The Cardinals would then have him for two years. If they get him this year, you'd have him for two years. And if things work out, you extend him again. If he stays healthy, 
awesome, right? You're essentially paying him $30 million over two years, $15 million a year. You can live with that, right? I mean, that's less than Miles Michaelis is making. And if things work out, you extend him. If it doesn't, he's a free agent after two years, you move on. Is the risk worth it? Okay, that's what you got to ask yourself. Is the risk worth it? Once again, let me just put them out there for you. These are his numbers. 2019, let's go back to 2019 until the present day. 39 starts, which is a bummer because that's not a lot of starts over four seasons. But 16-4, and 2.47 ERA, strikeout per nine of 12.9. He's exactly what the Cardinals are looking for. He's not overly priced yet. Coming off an arm injury. That's really what you got to worry about is the injuries. It's why I said he's like a dark horse idea for me because I don't hear a lot of chatter about him. So maybe I'm the only one thinking about it. I could be. Maybe I'm nuts. You decide. But let me know in the comments below on YouTube, would you be willing to risk my man crush, Tyler Broneal, which I don't want to trade him, but they need a starter. If you give up him and a prospect or, say, Newbar to get Tyler Glass now, that way you can have Jordan Walker start, Juan Yepes, Alec Burles, and you've got guys who can start. Would you do it? Would you do it after giving you the numbers and the injuries? Would it be worth it to you to go after a Tyler Glass now from the Tampa Bay Rays? I'll be curious to see what you guys say. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.